Wall Street says, welcome to the fourth quarter, and all signals are supposed to be pointing north. However, traders said, well, not so fast. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. We have a special report for you today. I'm bringing back Chris Rowe. He is the founder and CEO of True Market Insiders. Chris, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Todd. Well, listen, Chris, I had to bring you back. I saw your note that you sent me today, and you came. You scared the hell out of me. You, you have a bearish signal that has actually been accurate. It's it, This is the fourth time in history that you've received this bearish signal. You're 100% on this thing. You're three for three. You're going for four. Well, hopefully not four for four because it's a bearish signal. And we weren't going to have a show today. We were actually going to wait to see what happens. We have a big jobs report, as you know, coming out on Friday. We have some um, some other shows that are planned. But I had to go right to you today on this because I know that the public wants to know because this is a buy, hold, sell exclusive. But Chris, please tell the world what this bearish signal is all about. So it's the the fourth time that I've seen it since we started uh, tracking it and started calculating uh, this uh, equation. Long story short, it's kind of a momentum signal. And um, what it does is it helps to sidestep market declines. So you've got a lot of models that are set to try to outperform when things are going well. This model's superpower is that it sidesteps market declines. And the three times that we received this signal since we started tracking it, and that was back in the beginning of 2007, uh, right before the 2008 crash, meaning like a week before um, COVID, barely into the COVID crash. Um, and then last year, 2022, going into April, which the market kind of rallied back up right before it really came back down. And if you remember last year, the first half of the year was the worst first half of the year since yeah. I believe 1970. Um, so I, that's why I think Todd's saying that he's scared to death when I when I bring this up. Uh, but I just want to caution everybody not to get too bearish here. Uh, I want to make a case for a long-term bull market. In fact, it's probably the, the best thing that we could have seen because we do want to see stocks come down. I'm seeing a lot of strength in the long-term. Um, it's seasonally a week time, October. It's usually when you get a dip. And uh, everybody gets a chance to load up on their favorite stocks before you go into that typical Santa Claus rally. Okay. So here's the thing, though, is that we've had a number of people on the show that have been very optimistic about the fourth quarter. Our friend Jeff Hirsch has come right out. He's the editor-in-chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. He actually says the fourth quarter of a pre-election year is the best quarter to be invested in the markets. He actually pinpointed and said that the markets will rally in the fourth quarter, and we will see the high highs of the year actually at the end of December. So a lot of optimism out there. However, we have so many other headwinds. You have a Katie Stockton that's out there saying that we should be seeing five and a quarter percent on the 10-year yield. We have you. You are the, the chart man as far as I'm concerned. You're the guru, and you you go and you, you're looking at this not from a fundamental side, but from a chart-specific side. And I think that's where I'm a bit concerned because, like Katie, she is also a chartist, but she's also been very accurate because she's saying, look, this market cannot continue to rally. You are coming out there. You're you're bringing out this bearish signal. It's making me. It's a it's a head scratcher, Chris. I got to tell you because I'm wondering: Are we still going to be so, seeing so much selling that we've already seen in August and September? Well, we are in a distribution mode. 
We are seeing supplies. Supplies in control of the market right now. The funds are putting in sell programs or they have put in sell programs that they're continuing with. So until further notice, the sellers are in control. And I agree with Jeff Hirsch. I think Jeff Hirsch is a is very smart uh, analyst, of course. He's focusing on cycles and seasonality. And usually they start their best six months. Uh, they add a layer of probability onto that by beginning that with a MACD buy signal. We haven't gotten that MACD buy signal yet. I do think uh, we see strength in the uh, fourth quarter, but don't you wanna buy the stocks when they're on the cheap? Don't you wanna buy the stocks when everybody's running around with their hair on fire, selling in a panic? I mean, that's when you wanna buy. It could mean the difference between making 100% on your money instead of just 50% on your money on a trade. So you wanna buy yeah. some of the strongest stocks and the strongest groups. You know, I'm looking at uh, stocks like Eli Lilly, stocks like NVIDIA, stocks like Adobe. These are stocks you want to buy on the cheap. If the S&P 500, I mean, it completed a, a, a head and shoulders uh, top formation. And, uh, you know, if you're looking at the Fibonacci extensions, that will bring the uh, the market down about another 8% from where it is right now. When I say the market, I mean, large cap stocks, the S&P 500. Uh, I'd like to make a case for um, a long-term bull market. I might've done it on your show in the past, but if you don't mind, if I can grab the screen from you, uh, I'll just show what I'm what I'm seeing here. All yeah, right, and, and, the, and the viewers, and for those that are listening to the show, please go to the video as well. Uh, Chris actually is going to be pulling up some charts. He's going to be showing us, really giving us a great lesson uh, that we all need to hear and, and learn from because I definitely, he knows what he's talking about and you definitely want to take a look at these charts. Yeah. And remember when we're, you know, charts can be used for different things. Some people, when they hear charts, they just think about the, the candlestick patterns and the head and shoulders pattern. Uh, I'm going to show you something using charts, but I want to, I want you to really think about when I say to you, the viewer to think about really what is happening here. Cause let's start with this premise. The people that are trading or investing trillions of dollars are the people who have the most power. I think we can agree with that. They have the most oh, power, yeah. they have the most influence. Not only do they have a good understanding of what's likely to happen in the future, not only have they spent millions and millions of dollars researching it, but they also can change the future and make sure their investment's working out. So when you see trillions of dollars move in any direction, you want to pay very close attention to what they're saying and what the market's telling you right now. One thing as an aside that I'll mention is commodities continue to get stronger. That means inflation by definition. All right. So let's 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 know that the inflation story will be there yet. The equities story continues to be strong. So let me show you this, you know, when I, let me tell the story with charts. So this is a chart of the S&P 500. It dates back to 2007. The entirety of the study that we're talking about when we say that we've seen this signal three times in the past, we're seeing this bearish signal again. But the bearish signal we're talking about is intermediate term or short term, maybe weeks Okay, weeks of bearishness, maybe a couple weeks of bearishness. It doesn't mean we're going to get a crash or anything like that. But keep that in mind. It's in the context of a big bull market. Now, if you look, the last time we've seen the bullish super long term signal was in Q2 of 2009. That was after the stock market crash of 08. That's after the market bottomed out and did its basing stage. And that's when it launched into its advancing stage for the first time. And what we saw at that point, and I'm showing you the chart of the stock market to show what happened, what was happening to the stock market last time we saw this big mm -hmm. bullish signal, is we saw lots of, I'm not going to say money or cash, because that cash by itself is an asset class, okay? You can store your value in cash, 
You could store it in real estate, fine art, stocks, bonds, commodities, whatever. So money, we, want, we don't want to just call it money. We want to call it value. So value has moved out of cash into the U.S. stock market. Value has moved out of fixed income in a big way, especially the safest fixed income instruments into the U.S. stock market and to international stock market for that matter. Value has moved out of currencies outside of just the U.S. dollar into the U.S. stock market. And it's done so in a way that we haven't seen since that 2009 market bottom that launched into a new advancing stage. I'll break it down for you like this. You've got four stages of the stock market cycle. The big chart that we were just on went through a couple of different you know, cycles of this. But right. here we're going to zoom out to the beginning of 2001. And yeah. I'm going to show you. It's a very ugly chart. I just threw it together because I wanted to show you on, on buy, sell. I wanted to make sure that oh, we, yeah. uh, we got this to you as fast as possible. Buy, old sell. Topping stage, declining stage, basing stage, advancing stage. There's four stages. Each of those stages has a different program, a different rule book, a different playbook. And the reason that most people lose money or, or underperform, including fund managers, is because they, they always forget that the stage that they're in is going to end and a new one is going to begin. And again, it has a different playbook altogether. So what a lot of investors or most investors do is they're using the playbook from the old game and they're applying it to today and that's where they get hurt. So right now, make no mistake, we're in the advancing stage. We're in a new bull market right now. We finished with the basing stage. The basing stage, first bottom in June, second bottom in October. And then we had these, these four arrows here. I'm going to zoom into those. Go so you it. see the blue, the orange, the purple, and the, the big green arrow, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So follow the blue. I'm listing six asset classes on the screen right now. And this is from NASDAQ Dorsey Wright, by the way. I'm listing six asset classes on the screen right now using relative strength studies. I'm not going to bore everybody with what that means, but it's price behavior. So when you see price strength in one group, it's pulling it from another group. In other words, it's not just price strength relative to the U.S. dollar. It's price strength and it's pulling from cash. If the pointage goes up in U.S. equities, it's pulling from somewhere else, commodities, fixed income, cash, whatever it is. So if you look at the dates, October 13th, 2022, okay, going back here, that's the blue arrow. And you can see it ends right in the top of December there. Okay, so look at the highlighted in yellow, October to December 12th. Again, that's the blue arrow. In that wave higher, U.S. equities gained six points in terms of relative strength. All right. Mm -hmm. You can see it's circled okay. in blue. It went from 186 to 192. In fact, international stocks just above that gained 72 points in that same time frame. Just a little context. International stocks are considered riskier than U.S. stocks. U.S. is the most developed market there is. So when you see international stocks getting stronger ahead of U.S. stocks, you can expect that you're probably seeing the bottom of a, a bear market in U.S. stocks. And that's what we saw from October to um, December with that blue arrow there. So first you see international stocks, a risk on asset class leading, right? So follow that. following that is December 22, if you see the yellow highlighted, to February 2nd. Okay, of this year, again, see the orange. Okay, so the orange arrow, that's that second wave higher. Okay, that's the significance of those dates. And you can see there was a percent, a point gain of 11 for US stocks. Okay, so again, more points added to US stocks. If you do the math, 
it just about works out. You see that some of those asset classes lost points. Okay, so the ones that gained points, US stocks, international stocks, it's at the expense of those other asset classes. It's showing you that money is moving out of those assets or value is moving out of those asset classes and into international stocks up 38 points, US stocks up 11 points. That's the orange arrow. Okay. You look at the third wave higher. Remember, the stock market had bottomed out and it was kind of trying to get up off of that, those lows. It was really having a hard time. I called it a Biden bull market. It was kind of stumbling up the stairs. And if you look at the uh, purple, we actually lost pointage for U.S. stocks at that point. We lost pointage for U.S. stocks. Okay. Okay. Now, the green arrow, this is where the basing stage ends and the advancing stage begins. And to most people, I mean, some people might know that the S&P 500 is heavily weighted in those FANG stocks and the FANG stocks was pulling the market higher. So even though the S&P was going higher, people were saying, well, it's just the FANG stocks. And they're making the mistake of thinking that happened for that fourth arrow. If you look at the fourth arrow, the U.S. stock market gained 85 points. Now, I know you guys don't all know what this means. This is something I've been following forever. The last time you saw U.S. stock market gain that much relative strength over the other asset classes or compared to the other asset classes was April, May, June of 2009. So the beginning of the bull market after the 08 crash. Okay. okay so there's the 85 points. And so what are the strongest um, asset classes right now? U.S. stocks, international stocks, and the very volatile commodities which means that it's a risk on market. That means for this to happen, it's not your next door neighbor on E-Trade trading you know, a couple shares of uh, you know, Eli Lilly. It's trillions of dollars are placing their bets in the US stock market in the long term. Okay. So again, what we haven't seen this since the beginning of 2009 when the market bottomed out, we're seeing it again. But in the meantime, you know, I've been excited watching this happen. I'm going to stop sharing. I've been excited watching this happen um, because I'm saying, wow, we're seeing an opportunity of a lifetime. And I look at stocks like NVIDIA and I'm saying, wow, even, even though semiconductors have pulled back, NVIDIA is bucking the trend. It's not even pulling back by that much. And by the way, semiconductors aren't pulling back by that much, even though they, they do have supply and control. So I'm saying to myself, God, I hope I see some bearish signals. And guess what? The same signal we saw before the 08 crash, before the COVID crash, 2022, we're seeing that again. So maybe it's just a dip. Maybe it's just a correction. It's probably not an all-out crash considering all that value that came into the market. But you've got the big boys behind you. You've got the wind at your sails. You've got you're swimming with the current. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm licking my chops and I'm looking at stocks like NVIDIA waiting to buy I like that. So here's a question for you. The other three times that this happened, how long did the bear uh, signal last? For, it just depends because there's a few of them. But in 2008, it uh, kind of stayed that way uh, for a, a couple months uh, going into the end of the year. You actually saw something different in the actual stock market than you saw in the S&P 500. The S&P 500, the big companies with the, heavy, the most heavily weighted stocks in the index pulled the index down. But the majority of stocks, actually, what was happening is you saw more and more stocks moving to buy signals and breaking new highs, even though the index was coming down. So it wasn't really reflecting in the S&P 500. So it's said to get into stocks at that time. And actually, it was right. If you're just watching the S&P 500, you might have thought it was wrong. But you'd be somebody who's making money 
while everybody else is seeing a, a, a disaster happen. Then in, um, when, uh, when we got the, uh, the COVID crash, it only lasted obviously a very short period of time. We got that dip. And in 2022, it kept us, um, the bearish signal was open for, I believe it was three months, right as uh, June was bottoming out going into uh, July. And then it was it was risk on again. But of course, you know, if you follow it, what Jeff Hirsch does at Stock Traders Almanac, he goes back, I think, to 1950 and right. he, he averages out all of the midterm election years and the pre-election, the four year cycle. So it's just four lines averaged out over 1950. And it was almost perfect. You got a bigger sell off in the beginning of the year, but it's almost perfect. It hits a bottom in June, rallies from the summer, hits a bottom in October and then rallies into the next year. And that's what kind of happened this year. And like he said, we have that pre-election this year. Pre-election is the strongest year out of the four-year cycle. Going into this quarter right now is the strongest quarter, but we are being blessed with potentially a dip. And we, we have been blessed with a pullback either way. I'd be a buyer here, maybe nibble and keep on buying on the way down. But if you see the yeah. market sell off and everybody's panicking, sell the naked puts, buy those deep in the money call options that expire six months or more out. I don't think you're going to have a problem. Yeah. I, well, we had you on the show last week as the feature guest. And one thing that you said, and we're actually uh, cutting this part up of the show because uh, we're using it as a, as a promotion uh, prom uh, to, to promote the show, uh, not just buy, hold, sell, but also your appearances on the show. But one thing that you said was you, you definitely want to take part in the market at those times when everybody else is out, because that's where the real juice is in the bull market. And it sounds like just from what you're saying here, you might have a bearish signal, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a prolonged period of time. So therefore, don't miss out on this opportunity. I, I think that's what that's what you're saying. Well, you know, the last thing you want to do is hedge too much. You don't want to okay. be all out bearish in a market like this. If I had a choice, you had to be all out bearish or all out bullish, be bullish, no doubt, and just ride it out. Also, the biggest gains come off of those major lows. If you miss just a handful of those gains, it's, it's you know, half of your returns over a 20-year period. So you don't want to miss those, which means you kind of want to be in it during the lows. Otherwise, you're trying to pick the absolute low, which is incredibly difficult, nearly impossible to do. Um, so, you know, if anything, if you want to hedge against the decline, let's just say you have 5% of your 95% uh, in bullish positions, maybe 5% in put options that might double or triple on a mm -hmm. sharp correction. If you're doing that with, with more than 10% of your bullish portfolio, you're doing too much. 10% okay. aggressive, 5% might be just right. And if that's not for you, um, what you want to do is you want to look at the stocks that you own, check out their performance from middle of May up until the beginning of August, if they were outperforming the market, if they were outperforming their sector or industry group, those are stocks you want to hold on to. But during that very strong period, when all that value was leaving those other asset classes and piling into the U.S. stock market, if your stocks weren't outperforming during that time, which again, mid-May up through August, those are the stocks you want to clip right now. Even if they're down, don't worry about it. Just get the hell out of those, sit in some cash, wait for everybody to panic, and then that's when I would be a buyer. Yeah, that's some amazing advice, and and this is this is great. Let's switch topics real quick because I know this is an abbreviated buy hold sell, but I want to go back to something that you had last week. You had a very special event for investors, not just 
your your subscribers to your your fantastic newsletters, but um, or even clients. But this was really open to the public. You had an event that I thought was great, and I watched it. I thought it was super. And um, so overall, I mean, here we are, the start of the quarter, Chris. I mean, here's your chance on, for to have a rebuttal on that event. Is there anything that you need to add to it, or you want to summarize it for the people that are watching today's show? Well, you know, again, it's Lockdown 2024 is the name of the event. And obviously, it's we're in a pre-election year, going into an election year. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a big fight. Obviously, if you look at where the money's going, trillions of dollars, it looks like it's betting on a regime change. And, you know, you, we're climbing the wall of worry right now. So as these horrific things that everybody's completely worried about right now are removed, that causes stocks to go up. And, you know, some of the biggest gains that you've seen in the stock market over history are when everything was a, a complete, am I allowed to say shit show on this show? It was a poop show. It was a bad scene, but prices were going up because the stock market is basically a barometer of what's to come in the economy in six to nine months. So if you're looking at the economy now and then the situation now, and that's how you're uh, investing or trading, you're doing it the wrong way. Uh, what you want to do is you want to get ahead of that. So if there's a shutdown, um, you know, it, it could have devastating effects. You never really know for sure what's going to happen. We're working based on probabilities. So it's a good idea to hedge. It's a good idea to have some bearish positions and have some bullish positions. Even during a bull market, when the market's topping out, it's good to take some bearish positions. By doing that, I was able to have three out of four positions that I had open in the COVID crash were bearish positions. Uh, another position I gave everybody for free was up 425%. At the low, we parlayed that into another position that went up over 130%. So to do that, um, I'm basically showing you how to do that on the event. So sign up to the event. There should be a QR code or a link somewhere on the screen um, yep. to check it out. That's right. And the QR code was on the show from last week. We're actually flashing it right now on the screen. So while you're watching this, take your camera and and go right to that just located just point the, the camera code. at the code yeah and it right there and you'll be taken there and for those that are listening to the podcast go to chrisroadtrades.com that's chrisroadtrades.com we also have a hyperlink in the description as well to help help make it a little easier for you all right chris so any last words from from you i mean anything that we because i gotta tell you 4 a.m new york time i saw dow futures were up 140 they really started to to uh, deteriorate as we went into the open at 9 30 and you saw the market action today so s&p was flatline nasdaq was up but uh dow was down any last words as we uh close the show out uh, i've got two things um number one tr I i'm saying it looks like we're going to get a bearish short-term move within a long-term uptrend but remember market timing or timing your trades against conventional conventional wisdom it's one of the least important things. So uh, I know it's a heavy weight on a lot of people's shoulders, timing it right. Well, put your mind at ease because market timing is one of the least important things when it comes to successful investing. Most important is that you're comfortable, first of all, so you don't panic and do the wrong thing and make an emotional move. But you know, the two most important things are risk management, so hedging, and allocation, what you're invested in. So don't worry too much about timing the market perfectly. Just know which sectors are strong. Semiconductors are strong. Energy stocks, whether it be oil or oil service, very strong. Industrials, things like that. You want to be invested in the right things. It's most important. And um, the other thing I always say is you'll see it in the price behavior before you see it in the news. And that's it. Oh. I love it. Well, that is fantastic. Well, Chris, we can't thank you again. I mean, you've been wonderful as always. You provide so much great guidance. 
for uh, for the listeners and for the viewers. So, so we do appreciate you coming back to Buy, Hold, Sell for this special report. Coming up to on tomorrow's show, we have Bob Elliott. He is the Chief Investment Officer for Unlimited Funds. He was the former Head of Research for Ray Dalio's Bridgewater. And I definitely want to uh, to listen to that. And then on Wednesday, we have Senior Oil and Gas Analyst uh, Fernando Valley from Bloomberg, who's going to be uh, talking to us about the higher oil prices. And next week, we have Christina Hooper, Chief Market Strategist of Invesco, is going to be joining us as our feature guest. So on behalf of Chris Rowe, who's CEO and founder of True Market Insiders, go to chrisrowetrades.com for more information. Go see what he has to say. I am Todd Schoenberger. Thank you again for joining us on Buy, Hold, Sell. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Thanks, Todd. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American Maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnerships YouTube channel.